And welcome to To Watch Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm new to watching Who. Yep, watching for the very first time. Very first time. Yes, and you join us today. We're on this um, rather desolate, rocky, foggy wasteland. It's a bit cold, isn't it? Sure. So enthusiastic. So enthusiastic. Well, we were on our way to do this recording and we got um we got intercepted, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm not getting anywhere on this one today. Anyway, it's Genesis and the Daleks, everyone, this week. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to set the scene, it just didn't work. <laughs> anyway, how are you? Uh, I'm alright. I've still got this cough, but I'm alright. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I don't usually ask how you are, so no, there we no. are. It's a bit different. <laughs> Mark normally doesn't give a shit how I am. <laughs> anyway, what movie are we I, in today? I don't know. I don't know. We've lost like know. four times already, and it's not even a minute, is it? Are we at a minute? We're nearly at two. Well, I'm very excited to find out what you think about this story this week. I think we should go straight into it because it's a big one. It's a big, ep- as I said last week, it was once voted the best Doctor Who story ever. And I have no idea what you think about this. I know, I'm at giving all. nothing away. You haven't said anything at all. Other than I've watched it. Can you just indicate to us before <laughs> just something? <laughs> I did enjoy it. Okay, great. There we are. There's a start, Apart everyone. From the very, very, very end. So we left last week at the end of the Sontaran experiment. They were going to go back up to Nerva Beacon, weren't they? They got the transmat and all that. But they are intercepted. And there's that whole intro with the Doctor and the Time Lord. We'd like you to return to Scarrow at a point in time before the Daleks evolved. Do you mean avert their creation? Or affect their genetic development so that they evolve into less aggressive creatures. So what are you thinking, you know, the setup of this? this um, it's a Terry Nation. It's a Terry Nation part one. <laughs> Terry Nation wrote this, didn't he? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't as Terry Nation-y part one as other Terry Nation part ones have been. Doctor and mainly Doctor and Companions investigating, uh, no was, TARDIS. There wasn't that much investigate. Like, normally it's a whole, the first story is just them exploring in the Terry Nation. Yeah, okay, it's slightly different. He has changed the template slightly, not very much. No, just like normally that whole first story is them just exploring a landscape and you might see the other thing, but that's pretty much it. There was more going on than that, than just that. That's what I meant. That's all. That yes, you are correct. They were exploring, and there was that. But it's almost as if he's looked at like other stories and other writing and thought, "Oh, maybe we'll move this story on a bit." This was one of the early ones that I saw. It was repeated in the nineties. Yeah, I can imagine so this, it being repeated a lot. Like I can think of like three times it's been repeated in the nineties alone. It was always the one that because it was. I think it was the Daleks, and it was Tom Baker sort of iconic things. Uh, so whenever someone was like, let's put Doctor Who on, I, I don't know, they just always seem to have gone for this one. So I'm in terms of childhood primary school memories, this was very much the story uh, of that time. So and I, don't you think that opening is just quite adult and, you know, with the World War II stuff and the machine guns and everything and it's all on film and it looks really cool? 
it took me a while to just sort of like, I was like, I remember these names of these places because we've been there before. Well, we have. It's Scarrow. Yeah. So that was the first, that was the first Dalek story. And then when did we go to Scarrow? Evil of the Daleks was in, was uh, Scarrow as well. So this is our and third. And the two, I mean, we didn't have, well, not Dal- we had Daleks, but we didn't have. Carleds. Yeah. Carleds. I have to remember it's backwards. Um, we didn't have Carleds, but we did have the other race. Thals. Yes, the Thals, which, again, like when it was starting, because, you know, I don't know. So I was like, where have I heard this before? But it's a Thals. So this is like before Ganatus. This is Ganatus's ancestors, I think, in terms of the timeline. So what did you sort of pick up on that where, I mean, it's a great concept just to begin like, for this story. I mean, well done, Terry Nation. You are you have changed something. You are doing something. It's the Doctor has been asked to go back in time to stop the creation of the Daleks. And it's a really great. Con- I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't happened before because it's such a great idea. Because I was worried that you were like, "Oh, it's Daleks again. What else is going to happen?" But this is definitely something new. I mean, this is our eleventh story, I think, featuring the Daleks that we've had. I didn't realize it was that many. So it's good that there's something different about it. It's got a different feel. It's not because that like, Death of the Daleks was the last one with you know Hoover and all of that lot. That was a, that was not a good one. But this seems a big step up, and for six episodes as well, six episode Dalek story. I was thinking, oh no, what are you gonna, <laughs> are you gonna react? <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'll have a look through my notes and see what's going on. So I've got yeah, we've got the Time Laws, World War Two, and all of that stuff. We, we've got radiation. A minefield. They're very good Terry Nation uh, things. I love that bit where the Doctor steps on the landmine. Oh yes, that was great. And that's there was like that real tension. And I enjoyed like Harry putting the stones under. I loved all that. So actually, just talking companions a sec. To begin with, there's lots of companion action. And as the story went on, the story sort of overtook them. If that makes sense, it was about the dogs. It was about. I wanted to say Draco then. What? Who do I mean? Dra- Davros. Davros. <laughs> <laughs> you begin with a D. <laughs> uh, Dav- Draco. <laughs> I knew it wasn't Draco. Um, and I don't know why that came out. Davros. Dav. Let's call him Dav. Like all of that kind of overtook the need of the companions because it literally became about the storyline of how the Daleks were created. And a lot of the, like, a lot of it was this, what we would always refer to as the side characters, you know? These sort of, like, the scientists in the back. And, I mean, there was a long time where just Sarah Jane wasn't there. Oh, I think they... But Sarah and Harry have great moments in this. Okay, let's just forget... Let's just forget going through the story a minute. I mean, one, I put Sarah and Harry just, they're right into it. They don't actually ask the Doctor any questions. They were on their way to Nerva Beacon, and then suddenly they're like, okay, we're in this quarry. Yeah, like, yeah. They do not ask any questions about what's going on. <laughs> no, they're just in it. Maybe that conversation's been had. <laughs> because, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just really skipping to the end here when they've got the ring. This is a bit that I was like, this is shit. And they, they're holding that ring, and then they all start running in a circle. Well, they have to go flying into space. That's what you do with the time ring. <laughs> I was, and then he's like, he goes into like that background speech. And then we've got like, the last time we saw that background, we had um, Zoe, not Zoe, Zoe's ass in our face. 
Oh, Queenston. you're talking about the mind robber. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, flight floating in space moments. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Who. We're like, last time we've had something like that was then. Um, I don't know. The end I was just a bit like when they started like running in their circles, oh god, okay, we go. Um Well it's like, still it's still a story arc because there's no TARDIS in this. We've gone from the arc in space, beaming down, Santaran experiment. Beaming on our way up, Genesis of the Daleks. I mean, Harry, if we're talking about Harry, I was thinking, he hasn't changed his clothes. He got in at the end of Robot, and then he hasn't had a, he's been non-stop since the end of Robot. All of this stuff has happened to them. I They've not had a break. because, from a writer's point of view, I, I don't know, but if he went back, then he'd be back with Unit, and he would be back with... So therefore, just keeping him moving on and on. We've only ever had... The unit soldiers once before go on the TARDIS, and it's not like they became companions. No, well, he's stuck there, isn't he? It's just nonstop. It's go, go, go for him. And it's good that Sarah's still got that yellow jacket because when she's out in the fog on Scarrow, it does help <laughs> to see her. Maybe that was a looking back. Maybe that was a okay, you have a yellow jacket for all of these stories coming up, just in case. <laughs> I like a little continuity things like that, though. Like someone in costume has thought, not thought this is a new story, but thought where they come from and where I like things like that. And they do that well with Doctor Who. Yeah. And we go straight in all of the mind stuff, all of this machine gun. Uh, and then the Doctor and Harry are separated from Sarah. Gas attack. Again, I think that's another Terry Nation thing. Um, and we meet the Carleds and we have all the explanation. And, and the Carleds are very sort of Nazi-like, aren't they, basically, at the end of the day? Yeah, well, they're supposed to look like the baddies. And we're supposed to recognise them as the baddies. and But it's interesting because to some extent they're not because we know the Daleks as the baddies, but they're all part of this war. And actually, the Thals, there was a point where I was like, are they worse? And like, Because also we don't see them all. We don't see all the Khaleds, do we? Like we only see the ones that are in this bunker that because the other lot got blown up. It's not like we see the normal people. These are like the ones that have been chosen and the scientists and the the greater lot, I guess, that then go on and develop the Daleks. Yeah, so the Carleds are supposed to mutate eventually into the Daleks. The Carled race is what the Daleks become. So Terry Nation sort of rewriting history a bit because when we met them, when the first Doctor met them on Scarrow... They'd already mutated. The Daleks were in this city, and then you had the Thals living out in the jungle with Ganatus and, and crew. So this is all before, where they've both got technology, and they both have this, like I don't know, thousand years war or whatever. And then, so Davros is making these weapons to fight the Thals, which eventually become the Daleks, but he's experimenting on his own people. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay, I'm glad you got that. Yeah. Okay. We also have <laughs> I wasn't sure. The ones that haven't been perfect... Are then sent out into the jungle. The muta, uh, the mutoi. Uh, what are they called? Mutos. Mutos. Yeah, we had the mutos as well. I thought that was quite scary when Sarah's out on her own in the and these things are following. Do you know what? This is yeah. That's what I wrote down. So you know when the mutos after Sarah and it's all creepy and everything. The feel of this is so different. Like I think I said this in the Ark in Space. It's so much more adult because if you remember, you know the third Doctor one, the mutants, where it was. Um, Monty Python guy out in the smoke in the thing and then that was not scary that was Monty Python and it was trying to do the same thing and here this is you know with the as I say with the barbed wire and all that kind of stuff that you could I couldn't see the third doctor 
in a story like this. It's a completely different feel it is, to last yeah. season. The Mutos, I didn't think were that scary. Well, only because it's just unknown at the beginning. And actually, he turns out to be good. There's, a, you know. Well, only one of them is. And he's like, no, it's Saver. Like, love him. Um, what's his name? Oh my god! Did you, I thought you just said his name. Then uh, I can't. I can't remember what his name is. I'm sorry, but he was great. I he's, said I love him. He's Muto. <laughs> he, yeah, well, Muto number one. <laughs> there number we go. Number one. Number one. Number yeah, one. He was great, and I loved him the whole time. He was a great character, but in the nicest way. I couldn't work out. They weren't mutanty enough, other than one like he had a black glove on, which I don't want to go into a whole racist thing here. I was like, what is this like? Clough, what? No, he was, I felt like they were sort of more, they were all in these, you know, he's sort of limping and he's had, I, I feel like they've uh, had, you know, radiation issues and stuff where they've sort of, they have, mutated. so his arm is all wrapped up. I didn't notice. Hand. Okay, I didn't notice that I noticed because he was pointing at Sarah and you didn't see his face. He was one, you know, the bad ones and you didn't see his face. He was an attacker. You only saw the good one's face, really. And I was like, I'm not going to read too much into this. No, I didn't. I didn't see that. But they're all just in sort of grey bandages. I, from what I saw. Whereas a good one actually didn't seem too bad. I mean, not like when Sarah first met an alien. You, what was it? The thing in the corridor, and it made a jump, and she was scared, and then she reached out to touch it. Oh, Bilal, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, well, they're not. Who are they? Are they're they're car leads that have been experimented on that have been just pushed out so they're not like they're bad people or criminals or anything they've been left to fend for themselves out in the out in the wild so you know and they've had that i don't know they've that sort of uh kill or be killed instinct or survival instinct apart from our, our number one guy uh our number one muter <laughs> who, who we love number one, number one. yes uh, <laughs> you always surprise me by who, who your favorites are sometimes it's him the whole, this whole story is him you know. i better look up his name i'll look up his name while we talk and uh i'll uh, we can properly uh we'll properly him honor praise. him we will we will um so as you go through you you learn about the colors and the thals and stuff uh, oh and we meet nida who is our i would say our big baddie nida what? As, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glasses guy, yeah. What do you think of him? Yeah. Oh, he was like slimy, annoying, baddie, yeah. Uh, he was, he was like, do you remember, oh gosh, this is going back. It was the story where the guy was trying to take over the world and his assistant was the one that was basically telling him what to do. It kind of reminded me a bit like that. And we were like, we argued at the time, like, and it was one with all the um, delegates in. Oh, Mavic Chen and the bold, bold guy. <laughs> so it kind of felt a bit like that. Like Mavic Chen is Dav and his assistant almost worse because he knows exactly what he's doing and he sort of encourages this sort of evil... Strain oh, of I, he is a proper good villain. Yeah, yeah neither, he does it really he well. Really... And like when he gets killed at the end, you're like, yes, he deserves it. Um, so our, our number one Muto, his name is Severin. Oh, Severin. Yo, Severin. <laughs> Severin. Se Severin sounds like Slytherin or that sort of stuff. I don't know. Uh, Severin, anyway. Severin. Uh, Severin's great. All for him. All for Severin. Woo. 
well, if we talk about Severin, could we just could I just check in on your Harry uh, Harry status at the moment? Because I'm already I'm I'm you know and has Harry, Harry redeemed it. <laughs> Harry met Sarah. I'm I'm ready for the hashtag hot for Harry on our Twitter. <laughs> so Mark, but you might you not bring be. It out. You bring out hot for Harry. Like again, I think he's really good in this, but I don't think this is their story. Oh, but they do so much. Like I don't remember as much that they did. I remember the foot at the start, yes. Like I'd say the first episode or two. And then once it becomes, once we basically meet the Daleks, it becomes about that. It's very much about like the Doctor trying to help destroy them. But the Daleks aren't actually in it that much. No, I don't think. Once they're introduced, that is basically what the story is about. From that point on, it is literally about how do we do, how do we get rid of these things. I suppose yeah. Harry is very much again with the Doctor and Sarah is separated. Um, and so Harry is, yeah, with the Doctor the whole time. Harry doesn't go off and do his own thing. But I still felt that he needed to be in the story and to be oh, part yeah, of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, that, that's not me. That's not a diss at their characters. Just this story is so strong. The strength is in the story and not in the people accompany. Like, it almost feels like it's a mini side adventure. And we're sort of observing this happen. But the bit where he's got the wires and he's like, I could kill. Why wouldn't you? Do I have the right? Simply touch one wire against the other. You're there. You have a chance that will save millions and millions of lives versus this intelligent thing at its birth, right? We're not talking where there's millions of Daleks. We're talking where there's still a handful of Daleks, you know? And he's arguing that they're like, he'll be just as bad as them by destroying a life, but they destroy millions in the future of lives. The countless numbers of, for millions of, for thousands and thousands, millions of years, but thousands of years coming, they destroy lives and places and, you know, he basically is cleaning up after them forevermore. So like... But that, I mean, that is a great moment. That's a very famous moment. That is probably the iconic moment of, Tom Baker's time, even so early on. I wish but I do that get the it, reason though, that but... stopped him had been that something had stopped him rather than a guy coming in going, oh, he's agreed to our demands. <laughs> like, he was never agreeing to you. Like, th- there was no... It's very clear that there was no reasoning with this, with Dav. Do you know what I mean? You don't I know, have to yeah, be. it is, it is, yeah. Because like, you, I'd have yeah, just preferred, to, like, it... I don't know, there'd been like, and it's something that happened that, like prevented it and it's like that would have been our chance rather than a oh thank god you came I didn't have to make that decision sorry I'm jumping around for the doctor was when him and Dav are having that face to face and he's there pushing the buttons to his life support and stuff and you know and he's like basically gone through and said everything that they've done and but after that that sort that threat that sort of and their face that that was great that was a really good moment yeah, there's it's really strong between the Doctor and Davros in a, in a lot of these. Okay, so that um, do I have the right moment? Okay, yes, uh, we need the Daleks in, but two, it goes against. He is questioning. Yeah, he would be as bad as the Daleks, but two, it goes back to the Doctor's sort of moral non-interference. I mean, if you go back to, you he's know, been given permission to. Previous, That's what the Time Lord sent but him yeah, but to it's, do. Uh, but surely that's still against the Doctor's nature as himself. Yeah, but even Sarah points out, if it had been a bacteria, he wouldn't... Like, we've seen him stopping things like that. 
Yeah, I suppose. Well, you need to be there. You need to be there. Get Sarah Jane out. Put you next to him. And be like, what it. are you doing? <laughs> get on with it. Come on. Then. You just grab it off him and do the wires yourself, you wouldn't say, you? You're taking too long. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd just be like Harry, just standing there, like, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it's a like it, I think. Yeah, it's a really good. It's what Doctor Who does. These moral. Questions and, and these, I, I understand that moral dilemma, but equally, he knows he knows what's to come because he's already experienced it. It's not like me reflecting on this at this point of beat. Like I'm talking about what eleven stories we've already had with them. You've just pointed out how many people have died, and we're not talking at a point where there's an army of Daleks. We're talking about when there's like literally a handful. It's still, it's still that would you go back and kill Hitler as a baby type thing, isn't it, at, at the end of the day? Maybe I wouldn't kill Hitler as a baby, but maybe I'd like do something to stop his parents having sex. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what the Doctor does in this, He's, in a way. No, he doesn't. I mean, he, he delays things. <laughs> anyway, right, let's get back on track a minute. <laughs> so, uh, I'm only at the end of episode one here. Well, Sarah sees Davros, so we hear mention of... Mm. Davros. So, in your Doctor Who knowledge, I didn't know. Davros, I did not know. You about, didn't know. No. You knew nothing about Davros. You no. never seen Davros before. I don't think so. No. Like, ah, I thought you might have picked up on on a Davros. So when you maybe saw I've Davros, the name, then, like that is a real maybe. I not enough to remember it. I've never seen Davros. Right. Okay. So when you saw Davros, then at the end of episode one, were you I was like, kind of like, what, what is he? Ah, as in, because he doesn't look like them. Apart from the skirt. No, well, yeah, he looks like more like a Dalek, but he's supposed to be a Khaled. Well, he has. I mean, yeah, he has um, been through all sorts of different things, and he's worked on himself to keep himself alive. He's done his own life support system. So he's supposed to be like then... mega, mega old. Well, he's this scientist that's just been through the war, and you know, he's a. He has been developing chemical weapons and all sorts of different things, and that he has built this technology. He's like their number one scientist that has ended up like that. He's great. Don't you think he's scary? Don't you think it's really good? It's something new for the Daleks. Yes, that I agree with. And the performance with. is amazing, don't you oh, think? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and the, and the mask is good. It's a good look. It's a good. It's creative. It's again another iconic thing of Doctor Who because you know it's not a spoiler that he's Davros is in the new series and comes back and is a very. It's Davros and the Daleks from now on. Like I thought you'd like it. Oh, no, I did. I did the costume and the hand. Look, we've had um, Rockman. Links. <laughs> Rock- Links was like a Sontaran. <laughs> yeah. Links was an awesome costume. This felt a little bit like late 60s early 70s style costume however that's not that's we've had worse this season you know we've also had dinosaurs they were terrible but like he is scary i'll give you that it's very it is a very intimidating character he does it really well and you can tell that is the birth of the daleks the voice is there everything about it the bitterness so when you've you've got Davros and you've got all the scientists and obviously they're scared of him, you know, and he brings in the Daleks and puts the gun in and he's experimenting with these with these creatures that he's created. And I don't know, maybe it's because I watched it when I was young, but this is 
I, I don't know. When I was young watching this as like six or seven, you feel the threat. This is when the Daleks were scary. When I was watching that at the time, if someone was on screen with a Dalek or a Dalek was coming down a corridor, I was in fear for their life because they just seem so more, much more dangerous than they've ever felt. And Davros adds to that. I'm like, oh my God, do not stand near Davros. He is going to get you. He is going to like do something. I, I feel for all those scientists around. And I don't know, I still get that when I watch it today. That out of all sort of Doctor Who things that are like, not like scare, like jump or giving me nightmares or anything, but you just, I don't know, I felt it, all those times where the Doctor's running or they're hiding from a Dalek around a, a corner or something. I'm like, oh my God, there's a Dalek nearby. If you If there is a Dalek there, this is dangerous that's interesting that's the feeling i get i agree and i wonder whether it's a music thing as well they definitely i think it's because we know they're coming and then we see them and we know what they're capable of yet no one else does yet and you really know and feel that threat more them being part of davros i don't know if that was part of it for me i think it's because at this point they're still under this control they're still controllable yet we know what they're capable of and we're not even sure at this point at what stage they are within that being capable. I mean, how quick we do learn soon how quickly that changes, how quickly they stop obeying orders. You know that's coming because we know them, because these are creatures that we know. So I completely agree. They definitely had that intimidation and I think music was a big game in that. It's good music, yeah. It's, it's really good, good music. And it builds really well. And there's some really strong cliffhangers with the Daleks and Bowman's. It's a moment when he talks down to the camera right at the end, you know, and it feels like he's talking at, like that Dalek is at, talking at you. There's some really, cl because Ultimus is above for the Daleks. And that's really exciting because we know them. Um, so I completely agree with you there. I'm not sure if I feel it's because of Davros, though. I don't, I just feel like that costume, and he's in that sort of black PVC. Can we talk about the back really of weird. his chair? The back of his chair? Yeah, it's a massive right. fuck you. It, yes, what? come on. <laughs> it's literally... So I watched this with someone else, and we both... I was like, are you thinking what I'm thinking about? What, the back of that chair is someone swearing? And I went, yes. We both thought the same thing. So the back of his chair, because the shoulder things... Like you can't, no, listeners, you can't see what I'm doing, but you've got the shoulder things and then the neck. It literally looks like this. Like a finger. Yeah. Oh, Mark. Okay. How have you not spotted? Okay. I'm going to send you a picture. I, don't... I can't unsee it. And every time I was like, it's literally like a big fuck you. I think it's just a, a backrest, isn't it? It I is, okay. but it's well, a way, we will... Davros, back okay, of we'll chair. Come... <laughs> right, yeah, okay, let's we'll it's the first thing that's come up. Okay. I'm going to send you a picture. I don't know how you missed it, because not only me, but the person I was watching it with said the same thing. Okay, I don't think anyone's looked at the back of Davros's chair in so much it's detail before. It's a whole before. shot for ages. I've just sent it you. Oh, okay, I can see it now. Okay, listeners, I'll, I'll put a poster picture up. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think anyone's noticed that. Well, there you go. That's what Davros is saying. Have. They must have. He's it's saying... It's like a serious fuck you to like everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fuck you, I'm Davros, I've created the Daleks. Yeah, fuck you all, I'm the baddie here. And that made me laugh as well. Okay, well going back to the story, um, <laughs> we've got uh, the Doctor and Harry 
You like clothes watch. What do you want about? That's clothes watch, surely. <laughs> clothes watch, chair watch. Well, his clothes happen to be his chair, okay? He's one thing. <laughs> He's one ensemble. Anyway, anyway, um, the Doctor and um, Harry meet uh, oh, one so of the scientists. Evil. My cat's fish has just started going. It does it by itself sometimes. Sorry. Okay, start that again. Um so the Doctor and Harry uh, meet one of the, the scientists and they get all sort of interrogated and stuff. And it's Ronson who's that, uh, who's sort of the friendly one. He knows there's something up. He's one of the scientists, Ronson. And I was like, Ronson, why does that sound familiar? And I was trying to think. I was think- I keep thinking of Ron Seal. You know, that like, does exactly what it says on the tin. <laughs> so every time they were like, Ronson, I just think of a tin of like... Ron Seal. I don't know, Sealant or something. Ron Seal. We're going to call him Ron Seal from now on. Anyway, Ron Seal. And Ron Seal has plastic box that the Doctor has to put all his stuff in. It's a see-through plastic yes, container. Yes, you love so, that. Which I love that. Which watch the home edit on Netflix, everyone. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Ron Seal is part of the home edit. I bet there. I bet he's got them girls in to do the. Um, That's probably where the, the bunker. The girls came in and they were like, <laughs> "Khaled, we need to reorganise this. Here's some clear boxes. Then you can yeah. see your things. Oh, such a good idea. Why didn't we think of that? We've been. Oh. Yeah. And Davros is like, yeah, I'll put all the Dalek brains in on the clear plastic shelf in order with labels. That's why they're here. You need labels. Dad, yeah. you need some labels. <laughs> Car, lead, Dalek. <laughs> um, so, um, oh yeah, I, w- I was talking about Davros's PVC, but never mind, doesn't matter. I just meant that, I don't know, I just feel like, if you touched it, it would be all like squishy and weird. I don't know, I always feel like, Talk, thinking about touching Davros's PVC don't anyway. I don't know Davros. why. I don't, don't know don't why. Think about it. <laughs> but <laughs> but when meanwhile Sarah is um, captured by the Thals. The Thals are making a rocket. Yes. Right. And she obviously she's going to get radiation. Don't you think? I'm skipping ahead a little bit. But that cliffhanger at the end of part two. Oh, where she falls. I, I mean. Where she falls, one of the best. That is yes. one of my favourite moments. Like, and that's her first freeze frame. Because, and don't you think that set? You know, when they're climbing up, and I mean, I, I don't know how they're, they're probably just down climbing. One be one. You know, it. She's gonna probably get hit, or something's gonna happen, and then she oh. falls. Yeah, great cliffhanger. There I mean, are really like, good cliffhangers in this. I feel like that's out of a James Bond film or something. <laughs> and you know, because you can see the height, you feel the height, and they've just filmed it so well that you feel like she's going up and up and up. And she's proper like, that's tough for her to climb, to like reach up. My initial thing, right? So there was like the scaffolding, there's like two sides to it, right? She went straight for the harder side. And I was like, oh, Sarah. There was one bit that had more like steps. And I guess it's because you guys are in costumes and stuff where she's more. But she's she's at the bit where it's like giant, like climb. Ah! I was like, oh, sir. But that moment where she lets go and it's that cliff fact, and you just like what? And it looks like she's literally just fallen off from a huge height. And okay, the resolve, she's just fell down and just landed on another thing. She would have proper hurt herself anyway because she fell quite away. Oh yeah, it's a great cliffhanger though. I can't think of okay. In the end of Invasion of Dinosaurs was great, but this is definitely in my top ever cliffhangers that moment and when I first saw that on TV because I think it was on you know one a week when it was repeated I was like oh my god how are you going to get out of that she has fallen yeah and it like she she's going back she's well away it looks like a proper she has fallen yeah I agree I completely I remember I saw that and I thought how are they getting out of this 
like I was ready to watch it. I think I was only going to do the second one, and I ended up watching the third one because I wanted to see how they did that, like how they fix that. <laughs> and it carries on into the next episode where they get to the top of the rocket, and you get when that guy like pushes her off and holds her. I mean, that's so. I thought that again. This is so more adult. You wouldn't get that in a third Doctor story. You wouldn't get that in anything. Like that is. Has a companion ever had such sort of violence? You know, do you know what I mean? Violence on that—that's horrible. This is where I found it interesting between the Thals and the Khaleds, because we're sort of pushed to believe that the Khaleds are these bad people, but the Thals are just as bad. And previously, our experience with them—they've been the good guys trying to beat the Daleks. The Daleks are the bad thing that we know, but I mean, okay, they're trying to stop a war by blowing up and then that'll stop this war. Uh, that's such a, like, stupid belief. That's not going to stop a war. You've created more. You might have destroyed a city. All right, then the thousand-year war will be over. No, it won't. <laughs> you need to get in there with... with I need to be on negotiations. Sort out this planet. You need what are you to, about? Yeah. No, it won't. <laughs> you need to sit down with Davros and be like, right. <laughs> and... Even, like, Davros gives them, like, here's how... Why would you believe that? Why would you think your enemy, like, who for a thousand years, like, out of any of the enemies, Davros is the one that's been there the longest from the looks of it. And why are you like, oh, well, obviously he just wants to end it. Oh, yeah, we'll just we'll just blow him up and stop this war. But then I think Davros is... I mean, Davros isn't of sound mind. Oh, no, I, I mean, we... We understand his. I'm thinking more the Thals here. I'm like, what? Why do you believe that? That's nuts. Why do you believe this guy's giving? Like, I'd be more like this guy's obviously trying to sabotage something because he's the enemy side, and his solution is here: blow us all up, and you'll end the war. That's nuts. But he's crazy, and we know that. Surely they know that because it's a thousand year war. But he's obsessed. I don't think it's about the war. He just wants to create these machines. He's above it. And the scientists and everything, yeah, they are above it. They just want to carry on. And the bit where he double crosses, because he ends up going over to the Thals and telling them about getting rid of the dome. And so, I don't know how Davros travels so quickly from base to base, because the Doctor and Harry have to go underground, and Harry gets bit by that clam. Been underground before. <laughs> we have. We have. What do you think of Harry and the clam? Because that's his another... <laughs> that's his big moment, really. He gets eaten by a clam. <laughs> Maybe a weaker moment of this story. Um, <laughs> why? You, and then he's like, why do I have to put my my foot in it yeah i mean do you know what it's just some nice light relief and humor to this jungle and we know the jungle that it becomes we, we know we always know there's something dodgy in the bush in on scaro always something going on barbara knows that doesn't she and harry's learned this lesson <laughs> and susan screaming through it yeah there's always something isn't there um but a lot of it is about in as we carry on to part three and four, it's davros and the scientists and all that and yeah, I mean, I, I was gripped by it. It's a it's sort of political moments, and uh, and you can see how Davros is manip- manipulating everybody. He's you know a proper true baddie. Uh, poor Ron Seal gets killed. Oh yeah, quite early and on. I like Ron Seal, unfortunately. And then something that sort of pushes the story on a little bit is this time ring where we get to sort of episode four, and the Doctor's like, oh shit, we need the time ring. A bit like that first story 
um, with the first Doctor where he had to get the Mercury back because you, you get so far, they sort the stuff out with the Thals and, and everything and then they're like, oh shit, we need to go so back I and get I completely this missed ring. this whole time ring. Like, I missed the... Um, as Explanation. In, I missed the Time Lords giving him the time ring. Right, yeah. I don't okay, know how I missed it. But I did. It was foggy. It was foggy and rocky. You probably just missed it. Yeah. <laughs> so... Time. But then once he was like, that's how we'll get back. And then it suddenly became quite a major thing for like two episodes. And then it was forgotten about for an episode. And then like you say, around the fourth, like, oh yeah, we need to get that back. Yeah, but it just adds that extra element because it's that extra kick, whereas it might be flagging a little bit with the back and forth. There's a lot of capture back and forth. I feel like the Doctor and Harry are back and forth from base to base quite a bit. Well, they ask for cups of tea, don't they, and stuff around the second episode. Do they? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the Doctor has, like, that... Because he's, like, I don't know, he's, he's third person now of, like, give us some, like, investigations, give us stuff. And he's, like, can we have a cup of tea? And then it becomes... And he's, like, Harry, no tea. Well, then, episode five, um, the Doctor's captured and the Doctor then is basically forced to record a Doctor Who podcast telling Davros all about the previous adventures that have happened. I wrote that down. <laughs> they record the little thing. Apart from they get him. to snip it out a little bit shorter. It's just like <laughs> analogues over the top. <laughs> send them some of our episodes about the, all our Dalek episodes. Send that over to Davros. He can listen. He'll find out about <laughs> everything, can't he? <laughs> so that was the first ever Doctor Who podcast happened there on Scarrow. And don't you think um, the gun, um, I just wrote guns here, because there's a bit where the, I think the Thals or the Carleds, I get a bit confused about who's who. It's not like ones are in black or ones are in white. They just, they are the same. They all have the same sort of uniform. No, I agree. And there was one point where they were fighting and I was like, this would be a really good time to be really clear who is who. <laughs> Yeah, they try with the Thals, though, to give them that sort of blondish look. Thals always have blonde hair, so most of the Thals have blonde. And the other Thals are in green a bit later on, aren't they? It would be really nice if the goodies and baddies were in very clear clothing, I agree, for the Khaleds. Oh, and speaking of clothes watch, halfway through episode five, uh, the Doctor opens a locker and gives Sarah some combat trousers and a thing. And suddenly she just gets changed into it, like a bit later on. She just steals some clothes out of this locker. I miss for... that. When was that? Because she she completely changed her outfit. Because she starts off in that nice grey jumper which she had before, and then episode five they're searching. I think they're on their way to get the time ring, and they're searching for weapons or something. The doctor opens a locker, and he was like, "Oh, these might be useful," and hands her a green jacket I mean, and combat trousers. Are, yeah. She takes them. Perfect fit, obviously, of because. Next scene, she's got completely changed into them. <laughs> and so there's always an opportunity, even if you're in a, uh, like a bunker. The fifth and sixth episode I watched today, and the sixth one, I had to watch the ending about six times. Part of it was like I had it on and the plumber was here, so I just had it on. The old times I was talking to him, I was like, oh, shit, I've missed that. But the, it happened so quickly at the end. I was like, have I missed something? I can't have missed something like the other week where I completely missed. <laughs> and I watched it like, I kept going, replaying it and going back and watching it. And the ending just happened so fast and quick. I was like, no, I ha like I missed at what point the Daleks suddenly gain their bad and start killing people. And I was like, have I missed something? And they they just suddenly like it's just a sudden decision that they're like oh now they they have 
decisions and can make that. And I completely missed it. But also, what I thought I had, I thought it was me, which is why I ended up watching the thing six times. I was like, no, you've not. You just, it happens like that, which is why that's my only issue with the end. It's very like, well, I think it's a good surprise because you think Davros is slowly taking over. He kills all his own scientists. He sends the Daleks to kill all the Thals. And then it's just him and Nida. And then he's like, hang on a second. The, um, they're making the Dalek uh, machine is Dalek maker or whatever it is. And, and then the Dalek's like, no, it was us. I think that's a really good, because you think Davros is like, I'm going to win. I've created the Daleks. A touch more suspense to it for me to clock that that's what was happening. Or, like, it either needs to be explained, like, we needed a scene where the Daleks are having that conversation of doing it, or we needed more of a suspense of it. And I think it's just because it was the end that they were like, we've got to get to the end. But for six episodes, it doesn't, you know, there's a lot happening. That's not not a diss. It's more me watching it and me thinking, shit, have I missed something? I can't miss something again. Massive. Let's go back and watch it again. They kill Davros at the end they blast him yeah yeah he gets to... so I saw I, I saw all that and I was just like when did that click and I I think I would have liked more of a suspense moment I think that could have been longer as because you're right there are some really amazing moments in this where you get that fear and I think I needed a bit longer to process the fear that this is where so it could have been even if it was more like no and like a slow look at them and then the camera pans them, and we see, we realize that they are these evil things. And then that dialogue in his train, like, I order you to stop. And there's that silence. We had that, but it all happened quite quickly that I was like, have I missed something? I don't, maybe that was just me. I don't know, because they kill Nida, and then Davros must be like, oh, fuck. But not <laughs> enough to just stop killed Nida. it. He allows that to go on, and he's right by that button. So he doesn't know it enough to stop it himself. Well, I think he has that ego enough to be like, well, these are my creations. Of course they're not going to turn on me. It's the last thing that Davros would ever, ever think. Yeah. I think that's what what it is, isn't it? It's just like he would, out of all the things he's done. And doesn't he say something like, oh, have pity or something? And it's like, well, actually, no, you've taken pity out of us. So it's your own fault. The fuck you has turned around onto Davros. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when Mark swears. (laughs) <laughs> you started it <laughs> <laughs> so and then yeah and then as you said they're swinging around that time ring spinning around into space do you know what and I think that had a big effect on me as a child because I can really I swear I remember playing that in primary school where we would have something and we were spinning around in the playground <laughs> pretending to do the time ring I swear we were doing that a lot that was recreated a lot uh, at school that moment I can imagine with Ross <laughs> yeah with Ross Ross, and, I Ross, Ross and Tom and everyone yeah uh, we definitely played this one a lot and the spinning around the time ring was the favourite part of that so uh, special memories there <laughs> Oh, but can pleased. you see can can you see how this would have been at some point voted yes. the number one like classic story? Yes. And I can imagine that's why it was on TV so much. Remember, the fact that I can talk this passionately about it and be like, what, why? Is because it's a good story. 
Jill, I'm quite surprised how passionate you have been about it and how positive you have but been about it, actually. It's because for a six it's part. such a good story and it's such a good idea and concept. The weaker ones are where we really struggle to talk about them. I think everybody would be very pleased that you have enjoyed it. I think people have been wondering if you will enjoy <laughs> something like this or not. <laughs> it's probably, I'd say, maybe my second favourite Terry Nation. Oh, after Keys of Marinus, of course. Of course. So I think it's a really strong story. And actually, it's shaping out to be quite a strong season for this Doctor, this new Doctor. Yeah. And he's he's great in this. Do you think... He is just so complete in this, and he is the Doctor. To the point where, like, you just forget there was a third. Oh Yeah, he, you can see how Tom Baker has made such an impact already. Because even, you know, someone like the second Doctor by his, like, fourth story, we still didn't really... He was up and down a little bit, and even the, the first Doctor was up and down. But he's so short, he's so strong already. Part of me wonders if it's because the writers are used to this idea of writing for these new Doctors now. So when that... between Because that first and second, I completely agree. It was... It took a while for that transition. And I think it's because that was such a new concept for everyone involved. Like... You know, one, they didn't think they'd be replacing. They didn't think they'd have to replace. Like, there's many things that they're like, didn't think this would be, but here we are doing it. And there was, and then by the time they got to the third one, again, the third one, I think maybe it was a story or two when we were settled. And it's because everyone's like, and it was a new team and stuff, but they, they know that this is a concept and idea that's happened before. And we know who the Doctor is. We're now 12 seasons in. We know this character. This person who plays it might be different, but we know. I was talking to someone about this in work because obviously they've just announced who the new doctor is. Um, and I was saying, like, it's just an actor's dream, isn't it? This part, because ultimately, you you have really clear guidelines as to who this character is, but what you do with it, it's kind of up to you. How you play it, you're given your lines, but. When you're going into audition, I'm thinking more in this sense, like it's very clear morally and that side of it, who this character is, but how you personify that, that's kind of, and then that influences how the writing comes, you know? This is like an actor's dream role, surely. Because, yeah, that you how you interpret that and take it very much will influence the writing and how that comes forward. And it, I imagine it very much being like a teamwork in that sense. Yeah, it's good. And, and you saying that about the new Doctor has reminded me, again, we've had a announcement David Tennant is doing <laughs> an episode. And I was just thinking in my head then, I was like, because we don't know when that's set, if that's, or what the reason that he is in it. Is it, is he playing a different doctor or is it set in his time? I was thinking, when are we going to watch that in our, in our watch? Is that going to be? <laughs> We've got a while yet. So, I know. I'll worry about it. <laughs> worry about it like in what? Five years? Yeah. Could be at least five. Okay. Well, that's a good place to finish for this week. <laughs> I think. What's the next um, one? I, Go on. Break so the it next to one, me. it's four episodes. Yay. I love a four. And it's called Revenge of the Cybermen. Oh, I think the Cybermen will be in it. Yeah, these story titles aren't particularly mystic at the moment, are they? Uh, <laughs> it doesn't really work. Interesting that we've got the Cybermen so soon after the Dalek. 
Well, I, so I think the story goes with this producer coming in when they were doing this season for the new Doctor. They weren't sure how the new Doctor was going to go, so they've sort of filled it in with some old favourites to sort of Cement keep it. viewers a bit more, you know. So that makes sense. But it's we haven't seen we haven't had a Cyberman story since second Doctor. I was going to say um, second Isab- Doctor. We didn't have it in third. Yeah. No. So Isabel down the manor was um, yeah. the last. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was um, the wheel in space, Tanya and Leo. Yeah, 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 you're right. Tanya yeah, and Leo. That, Her nose. Yeah. Her nose. Her nose. But I was going to say, we nose. didn't have it in Third Doctor. So that's at least no. three seasons. Three? Was he three? Five. He was five so seasons. Yeah. The, the Third Doctor was five. five seasons. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. No. Yeah, he did Shut it for five years. Shut the front years. So, door, bloody hell. That's <laughs> so we haven't had... So t- it's time for the Cybermen to come back. I can't they haven't been around five for five seasons. years. Yeah. Bloody hell. That's <laughs> I can't believe... <laughs> I mean, even, it feels like a long time ago now, but I can't believe you're shocked about this already. There we go. The third Doctor did five seasons. Oh, my so, God. Uh, How long was the second Doctor? Four? About three, three and a bit. Maybe that's where I've got the three from. I feel like he was three as well. Maybe it's because the seasons are shorter. They were. We had. You remember, season seven was like four stories with Liz. All right. Yeah, Yeah. maybe that's it. Like, bloody hell. Okay. Right. (laughs) Doctor Who still shocks you from time to time. Even even the things I've done, and I'm so shocked. Oh dear. Okay. Well, yeah, we will see you next week then for Revenge of the Cybermen. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Watch Who, and you can support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Two Watch Who. And if you don't want to sign up for anything, you can support us by just sending us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's always appreciated. So, yes. There you go. Many ways, many ways to to support us. Thank you to yeah. everyone that does. Yeah. And those uh, that are thinking of it week. too. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 To watch who.